0: on Texans your
1: daily Houston Texans podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: welcome in ladies and gentlemen to another installment of locked on Texans your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day and as always I'm your host Cody Davis alone my partner in crime
1: John some sports guy Hickman and this episode is brought to you by Pepsi This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch it this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of what the league of football watchers, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for you and me, those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. special day on Thursday. Today on today's show, we have, Houston Chronicle's own Aaron Wilson will be joining the show. And, of course, we're going to talk about uh, the trade rumors and how he feels everything should go down, probably notably J.J. Watt, whose name continues to pop up as a popular one. You know, you have half of the fan base crying that he shouldn't go and please stay. And then you have some of us with sense that understand this isn't Houston Watt's This isn't the Houston fan base. This is the Houston Texans. And, you know, this team was put in a hole, and the only way to dig itself out is to make smart decisions right now. So I know that we're going to touch on that, Cody. But before we get to that, some very interesting news. The Houston Texans shut down their facility on Wednesday due to what? COVID-19. And it later leaked that the player that attracted the COVID-19 disease, well, you know, whatever you want to call it, was left guard Max Sharpen. That news, I made a joke on it about it on Twitter that, you know, Bill O'Brien, he screwed us again, basically. When Bill O'Brien was here, we were undefeated against COVID. I had no cases pop up. Remember when he mentioned it was so clean in that building, you can eat off the floor. Now, suspiciously, he's gone and we get a positive test. Hmm coincidence I think not but that is the news for today along with trade rumors of course
0: and speaking of trade rumors on yesterday Aaron and Wilson reported that multiple teams around the league have called the Houston Texans about a potential deal involving Randall Cobb and Will Fuller and of course that's something Aaron and myself we're going to get into but John I do have to ask you one thing in particular If the Houston Texans were to move on from Cobb and Fuller and maybe Brandon Cooks to a certain extent, where do you believe that might leave this Houston Texans receiving core? Receiving core has been pretty good in the past couple of games. And it seems like Deshaun Watson is finally starting to build some kind of connection between him and his receivers. And then you also got to take into consideration the fact that maybe this might open up the doors for a guy like. Kiki Q T, who just on yesterday, the coaching staff came out and said because of the depth that they have at his position is the reason why he's still in the doghouse.
1: Uh, I think if you have an opportunity to improve your draft stock, you take it. That's just me. And I'm going to continue to say this throughout the entire season, unless this team pulls off nine in a row. And put themselves in position to make it to the playoffs, then at that point, I'll shut up. Does any any of us actually see that happening? I don't.
0: Winning nine games in a row? I do not. Not not with this team. Not with this secondary.
1: And and so that's the reality of it. And if you have an opportunity to make your team, uh, to give your team an opportunity in the draft to get better, and also you picked up Will Fuller's 50-year option, that's already been paid. But do you want to run the risk of not being able to keep him next year, losing him to another team in free agency, and not have the opportunity to have anything come back for him? You get something while you can. Uh, And that's where I stand on it. And Will Fuller has looked phenomenal this year. I actually hate that of all years to look this good, the Houston Texans are one in six. But if you got the chance to, improve what you can do in the draft, go ahead and take it. If you got the chance to get a draft pick and possibly a player that you think can help your team, go ahead and take it. And I'm going to continue to die on that hill. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey costs $353.
0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis here. And as I mentioned in the first segment, I have the pleasure with me today, Aaron Wilson, Houston Texans beat reporter of the Houston Chronicle, joining us here on the show today. Aaron, what's going on, man? And welcome once again to Locked On Texans.
2: Hey, Cody. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Aaron, before we get into everything today, first and foremost, I got to ask you, man, I know you're a busy man, but... Are you enjoying this bye week? Do you have an opportunity just to relax just a little bit?
2: Right. Yeah. No, I do try to relax when I can, and um, hoping to go out of town for a day or two, maybe go to Austin and just, uh, relax a little bit. But yeah, it's busy. You have to be on point for transactions. Uh, you know, today Isaiah Culture was activated from the injured reserve designated to return, which was not a surprise. He's been practicing for weeks and been looking pretty good, and then. Max Sharping tested positive for COVID-19, which I reported this morning, and uh, he is now on the reserve COVID list. He's the only one on the reserve COVID list so far for the season and the only player to test positive during the regular season. They had several players test positive over the summer, and now Max is the first to test positive. None of the Packers have tested positive, so you haven't had any transmission between the teams. So that kept me a little bit busy today. And then you know, just writing about some of the things off of the assistant coach interviews, which I thought were an interesting, you know, cross set of opinions and answers about the different players and situations across the team. I thought Anthony Weaver was appropriately gloomy uh, about the state of the defense. Uh, As he said, it's a dire situation. It was a, I I try to take some time and and relax a little bit. It's important because you got to a lot of games left and even though this isn't going to be a competitive team, you know, you still have games to cover and content to create.
0: Speaking of the Texans not being a competitive team right now, Aaron what is the goal for this team when they return to play on November 8th when they take on the Jacksonville Jaguars? Because, as you know, Romeo Cannell and the team have told us countless of time, regardless of the outcome, regardless of their record, they are still adamant about going out and competing and playing at the highest level, which is understandable. And they should. But at one in six, what is the primary goal for this team as they go into the second half of the season?
2: It's a cliche, Cody, but you do play for pride. You also play for what you're putting on film for the rest of the league and the new head coach, the new general manager, and you're going to have some of the same staff. So if you dog it, you risk injury. I feel like as a player, when you don't play hard, you have a chance of, of you know, getting hurt. It's also, you know, it's real insult to a professional to say, hey, would you take it easy? you know, make a business decision. I mean, if you're going to do that, you might as well just go on IR or mm-hmm. quit. And they're not going to quit. They get paid way too much money to do that. So, yeah, there's nothing to play for as far as draft position. You know, at this rate, they're going to have a pretty high pick in the third round. But, you know, to me, I, I just don't think losing is a habit and you don't want to have a culture of losing. So if you get to a point where you simply are – you know, you don't care anymore, you're accustomed to losing, you're, you have a defeatist, demoralized attitude, you know, imagine like in whatever walk of life you are, whatever profession, so let's say I never got a story and I gave up, I said, you know what, I, I can't get any sources, I, I just have no chance, Cody, you know, these guys, they're, they're too good, you know, Adam Schefter, or Ian Rappaport or whomever, what if I took that attitude and I never, you know, succeeded? I just wrote basic stories, you know, I mean, what would what would I be doing for my competitor? What would I be doing for my um, employer? What would I be doing to earn my money? So I, I think whatever profession you do, you should try and just do your best. And I mean, I think people notice eventually, and I think it can be very embarrassing if you don't try, but as far as tangible things to play for, I think that they should try to balance winning with some type of youth movement and evaluation of their young talent. And that's a balancing act for them. But so far, the coaches, and you know, we've asked these questions. They don't sound inclined to just artificially leapfrog people on the depth chart that haven't earned it. You know, could you actually say that John Grenard is better than Brennan Scarlett or Whitney Merciless or Jacob Martin? I don't think you could realistically say that. You know, and honestly say that, or that Ross Blacklock should be starting. You, it, Sounds good in theory, but in practice, if the players haven't earned the job, I just don't see the upside of it.
0: You mentioned Jonathan Gennard and Ross Blacklock. Do you feel the Texans will consider playing their younger players a little bit more in the second half of the season? Because to be honest with you, Aaron, I've been on the record saying that they should explore the option, not just because they're one in six. But, you know, the old saying experience is the best teacher. And I feel they should use what's left of this season as a red shirt year. So guys like Grenard and Blacklock and even Isaiah Coulter, who was just activated on yesterday, can get the opportunity to experience what it's like playing on the NFL level.
2: I think marginally you'll see an uptick in playing time for them. And I think if they continue to lose and they get to a point where, you know, let's say they're not even beating the Jacksonville's or the Cleveland's or the new England and You know, let's say you get one win out of this group and you head into November, you haven't beaten Detroit, you've only got a couple of victories. Maybe December is the time for that, but it feels like they're not going to do that this early in the process and just move on from everything and, and, you know, their attempts to win. I think they're going to still try to win a few games and they haven't deviated from that.
0: Of course, I cannot get you on the show without talking about the trade rumors surrounding the Houston Texans right now. With everything that is going on and on yesterday, you actually broke the news that several teams have called the Texans about making a move for Will Fuller and Randall Cobb. Given everything that you know, what are you hearing about potential moves that the Houston Texans may or may not make, especially a potential departure with Fuller and Cobb?
2: What I'm hearing, Cody, is that it's unlikely that a team is going to offer what they're looking for. And I think it's more likely there will be no deals than that they would execute anything. They would like to get a lot back. They don't want to just make an average trade. They want to win the trade in terms of value. And I think when you aren't a real motivated seller, which is how I would describe them, then you're not going to make a trade. You know, Everyone will say, well, can't they at least just do Kenny Stills for a six round pick? Let me ask you a question. If you're another team, why would you want to pay 3.25 million for the rest of the year for a guy that's got you no know, just 10 catches? What's the point? Don't you think that other teams have someone else that can catch 10 passes? I, I just don't see why they would do you the favor of let, of taking that salary off of your cap and your cash payroll and then you don't have you can flip over the money and give you a pick in return. It doesn't sound like a fair deal, does it?
0: No, sir, it does not.
2: So when you think about it in that economic sense, it makes sense why you don't see like these things just so routinely come up. Is it out of the stretch of imagination that somebody will, you know, offer you that low ball and say, hey, you know, we'll take him. Okay, we, we want somebody. You know, like Green Bay, they're interested, but they're interested in Will Fuller and Randall Cobb. They're interested in better players than Kenny. And there's some question about, you know, how into is Kenny? Kenny almost didn't come back this year. Kenny has a lot of very important things in his life, including being an activist and fighting for very righteous cause of social justice in this country. I think for some teams though, they would wonder just, you know, is he that into it? I think it was well known that he almost didn't play this year and almost opted out. And I wonder if he was traded, would he show up and be enthusiastic about it and the other thing is COVID. Because of COVID, even if you it for someone today, they got to practice five, got um, sorry, they got to test for five days before they can start practicing with you and then playing your games. So in essence, it becomes you know, just this eight game rental. And for a lot of people, that's not something that's that palatable to them. The trade thing is so exciting. And it's cool when you see it happen, like a Yannick Nagakwe, where Minnesota is in, a, you know, I think, a tank mode, and they just give away a player. But you know, there are just not that many players on this roster. There's a reason why they're one in six. I think that's part of the problem is people overrate their talent. One of the best things about this team is the receiving core. You start taking away from that after you already traded DeAndre Hopkins, and then basically you're just going away from the entire plan that you have, which was layers of targets. Which is the only, I mean, what's the only positive thing you could say about this team right now? Deshaun Watson's stats and some success from the receivers that he, you know, periodically will, you know, he'll go with one and then go with another. There's a bit of a diversity of who is he going to throw it to at this point. But you have no running game. You have no run defense. You have a very average pass rush and you can't cover. And you're okay on special teams, and that's pretty much the major takeaways I have on the team, just to keep it kind of basic, I just don't see why you would upset that apple cart. If you could get a lot for J.J. Watt, then you should make the trade, but no one's offering a lot. doesn't start with a first-round pick and more, then it's not a good trade. (laughs)
0: And I'm glad that you actually mentioned J.J. Watt because, of course, that was going to be my last question before getting out of here. So, Aaron, what is the likelihood that the Texans will trade J.J. Watt? And how many teams do you know of have already called about his availability? Now, as for what you can get back for J.J. Watt's services, there is a possibility that you can get a first-round pick for him, but at the end of the day, I'm not too sure. However, for J.J. Watt, I would say a couple of draft picks and a potential young prospect that you can actually evaluate in the second half of the season that can actually be part of this rebuilding core as the Texans move on to the future.
2: I understand, Cody. Yeah, also... JJ is uh, someone that has benefits of the franchise, not just on the field, but they look at him as part of their business, part of their brand. And I think trading him isn't going to be amenable to the owner, Cal McNair, and you know, their whole business plan. It's, it's, with JJ, it's a little deeper than just, you know, well, how many sacks does he have and what's his contribution on the field. It's deeper than that. And you can imagine what the fan base would be like if you traded – J.J. Watt, after you traded DeAndre Hopkins, I, I think that Hopkins is a player that fans really liked, but this, this is the fan favorite. This is their favorite player in franchise history. I think they'd be much more comfortable with J.J. retiring as a Texan than for him to be traded you know, for pennies on the dollar. They're just not comfortable with it, and he's still one of your best defensive players. As bad as this defense is right now, imagine them without JJ. And you want him for next year, maybe even on a new deal where you convert some of his salary into a bonus and you restructure it and you give him a kind of a paper extension to the point where you lower his cap figure. That deal is ripe to be redone.
0: Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for taking time out your day to come on Locked On Texans. Really quick, before we get out of here, I I always like to ask my guests where they can find you at on Twitter. But I'm pretty sure if they're listening to me, reading my work and following me on Twitter, I'm pretty sure they are. They are already following you as well, but you never know. So, Aaron, where can the listeners follow you at on Twitter? Oh, I
2: don't. Never assume that somebody would follow me. I'm always honored that they do. Mm-hmm. I'm on two social media platforms. I'm on Twitter at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL, and I'm on Instagram and verified on Instagram at Aaron Wilson seventy one twenty eight. I had the blue check mark on Twitter, and then when I switched my Twitter handle when I moved here five years ago, I lost my Twitter hand uh, my blue check. I'm trying to get that back. Uh, you know. I had people when I broke the Antonio Brown to the Buccaneers story; <laughs> and they didn't believe it. They said he doesn't have a blue check. This is fake news. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they can say just you either believe me or you don't. And, you know. Then uh, about five, seven minutes later, Adam Schefter and Ian were saying, you know, yeah, as Aaron said, Antonio to the Bucks. But I was like, okay. I gained about six hundred Twitter followers when I had the story all in one day. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's, that's I like that. But I would like that check mark. So Twitter, if you're listening, I want to be verified.
0: Yeah, Aaron, we definitely got to find a way to get you verified. We cannot have you going through those issues again. But once again, Aaron, thank you so much for stopping by on Locked On Texans. I truly, really do appreciate it, man.
1: Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. Rather, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The man himself said
0: it. And it kind of makes sense. You know, it will be tough for the Texans organization to depart from J.J. Watt. Literally, what, seven months after they departed from DeAndre Hopkins? And you're talking about two of the top three players, possibly top two players, that the Texans have had in their organization over the past, what, four to five seasons? So it kind of makes sense. But at the same time, it sucks. Because this is a team, they need to find some kind of way to get drop picks. And to be honest with you, their most tradable asset, their most valuable asset is J.J. Watt.
1: Um, it really depends on what team is calling. Uh, some teams like the New England Patriots, and I kind of saw Will Fuller's name thrown out there earlier yesterday, linking him to New England, and they need a receiver back. They gave up a second-round pick for Mohammed Sanu last year. Uh, So if you have the opportunity to send Will Fuller to a receiver needy team like New England and they're giving you a high draft pick, then that's your most valuable asset. But overall, yes. The guys that would actually be on the trade block, if possible, if there was a possible market for Houston and if they were actively shopping for me, rather, to say that. Let me say that. If they were actually actively shopping, as you're looking around the league, you got teams that could use them. Tennessee could use them. The Pittsburgh Steelers could use them. Oh, my gosh. And they keep loading up, but the Kansas City Chiefs could use them. Um, there are teams around this league that could use them, use a player who has dominated for a decade. But like I mentioned with Will Fuller, you're 1-6, and if this team pulls out nine games in a row, then that would be amazing, but nobody sees that happening, and you have to make your team better for the future. And We all love J.J. We all know what Justin James has done for this team defensively, offensively, and just for the city. He will have a statue someday, but if you can get some draft capital back, And let's say to throw in the player, because if you're smart, you'll try to get a player back as well. Go ahead and do it. And I'm going to to continue to say that. No matter what nobody says to me, no matter if I get crucified or not, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and check out Locked On Texans every day, Monday through Friday, on all of your major podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans and like us on Facebook.
0: And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis24. Once again, that's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. And tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, we have another special guest. So be sure to stick around to Locked On Texans. Be sure to subscribe and stay up to date on everything we have to offer for you guys. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.